0: listening to primal radio the podcast dedicated to combat sports martial arts self-defense and the warrior mindset and here are your hosts from hamilton new jersey jim mccann and london england tom mcgrath primal radio oh,
1: dang yeah try to get that down again Goddamn it! hey
0: tom what's up buddy we're back yeah, I'm good, Jim. I'm good. I, uh, yeah, Sunday over here. Been down to Bournemouth again. It is really nice weather. I know I said that what? last time, and British people love to bang on on about the weather. But I went Why down. Why is it so nice? To... I don't know because you said it. You said it's been really bad over there. But literally, right. I was training yesterday. I did about four hours, four wow, and a half, nice. four and a half hours of um, rapid harness, and yeah, yeah. Uh, got the tops off. You know, sat, we were doing like in the garden. The sun was out and just uh yeah sunbathing right. in in february
1: Managed. isn't it amazing yeah our weather's been crazy like we said like cold and icy and snowy and then who knows what the fuck's going on today today it's 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 i think we have the european weather it's cloudy damp and cold and miserable <laughs> so that's that's just how it is i don't know why but hey hopefully uh spring will be coming soon and
0: I think you've got very similar weather to the UK normally, but I say like a little bit more at the extreme. So when it's cold there, so. it's a bit colder. And when it's right. yeah, warm here, it's a bit warmer.
1: That, that's right. That's right. Hey, I got a question for you. And today's, we're just obviously going to shoot the shit about a lot of different things. But I sat home very rarely when I do this. And just this, this was yesterday. And I caught a, a foot of a, a European football game, part of it. It was the Leicester.
0: Yeah, right. But less the Crystal Palace. Yeah, I'll watch yes. the highlights. <laughs> so I got to say, I
1: don't fucking get it. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, I sat there and, and I, I never had the TV on. I put the TV on and um, the game came across. It was on like on regular broadcast TV, not like some obscure station like Fox or something, a big network. And I said, well, okay, you know, maybe... Uh, maybe it's just me. And I sat there. And then when I woke up, the game was over. (laughs) 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 I mean, why do you suppose the whole world loves this game, but we don't? It's very big in high school and kids and playing. But as a major league sport, it just has never taken off. I remember, hang on, I'll let you answer the question. I remember a lifetime ago, when Vince Riamende had come over from Argentina, it was very exciting for
0: us Americans. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: Pele had played for the Cosmos. Do you remember? This is before your time. Before my Um, time,
0: but yeah, I'm aware of it.
1: Right, and and they were saying, this is the next big thing. It was a big thing for Pele to come to the U.S. and play. They probably paid him a gazillion dollars to do it. And, you know, I played like on three football teams, you know, at at once. I was actually pretty good. I'm 10 years old. You know, running right out kicking a ball seems like a big deal and then it went nowhere my career as a football player went nowhere the sport <laughs> went nowhere so why do you suppose that is do you have any insight on that are we just ignorant to the brilliance of this sport
0: yeah so, so some of the things that make it so great is the rarity of a goal right so right if kind of like your sex life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's like fine, it's fine margins. So when you do like the best right. play in a ba- in a basketball game, for example, right. that's instantly forgotten. You might have scored an amazing four point play or something like that, but they go up, go up the other end and score straight away. Football's like fine margins.
1: Oh
0: yeah, I think that's part of it, and that that invokes the kind of the passion and the r- rivalry stuff that comes into play. The other thing I think is it's so accessible. So you know, we have a saying over here: jumpers for goalposts. So you know, if you <laughs> if you've just got like a bit of um, grass or concrete and a ball, yeah, you, know, you don't necessarily even need a ball. I think Pele grew up, you know, kicking like a melon or something like that. But right, right, yeah, you just drop down your your, your sweatshirts and and then you've got a goal. Um,
1: yeah, right. It's pretty simple to re- replicate. Yeah.
0: yeah so th- th- those, are, I think, those are two. Of, the big appeals of it but why it's never caught on in the U.S. is, is, is an interesting one I think because it I think because the U.S. is so unique in the way it can develop by itself without necessarily looking at the rest of the world and as it grew it passed you by you know you guys right. are number one and you don't necessarily look outside of your own little bubble
1: A <laughs> little bubble well, now American football has taken off in Europe, right? That's pretty popular.
0: Not much. You, you really? Don't...
1: Well, why do I hear talks of the NFL actually going to have teams over in London and throughout Europe?
0: Yeah, I mean, so so they've they've started doing a couple of games in the UK oh, yeah. and, well, and other places. Right. I, I went to the Jets v Dolphins, and it's. You know they're very well attended, but again, that's it's because of the novelty. It's a one-off thing, so all the fans from all over the country will go to those games, right. and and they're kind of like a carnival spirit. Everyone, they're not coming to support the Jets. They're not coming to support the Dolphins. They're coming to support American football. So they all have their all the different teams that they like. They come and right. watch those games. Um it does it does have a following people do watch it in the same way as in the US you know soccer has a following but it's not Of course it does. It's not big and hardly anyone plays it. There's talk of a UK based franchise being played right. in London. Um uh, if if the NFL goes cl- truly global I think London will be the first um country to have a team I think Jacksonville I believe that
1: is going to happen.
0: Yeah, the Jacksonville franchise I think was the one they were talking about. I think so. Dropping, right? They'd have to put a couple teams over there. I, I
1: think it'll happen within a, you know, five years. I was just wondering why, you know,
0: who knows? But anyway, so I,
1: I gave it a go. I'm willing to try it again in a couple years, <laughs> 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 and give it a shot. I'm sure I would enjoy going to the stadium and and getting in a, a fight or something. You know, being a <laughs> hooligan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely like that aspect. So yeah, there's some deep rivalry there from these teams. I mean, do you think? you actually hate the people who are a fan of it. I know you said you'd gone to some game not long, uh, where um, our, our friend Chris Crossman comes from, and, you know, you have to be careful getting back to the bus to leave because the, yeah, uh, there's an element there, not saying everybody in general, but there's an element at these games that you could be in danger. And by the way, that does happen in American sports too. If I was a New York Met fan or, right, or something like that, or New York Giant fan, and I went to the see the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, and I wore my colors, you know, my giant hat and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah there's a good chance I'm getting in a fucking fight
0: <laughs> yeah. with
1: some drunken young guy.
0: I've I've seen that the, the American football where they have the occasional fan from you know the opposition team, and right. you guys sit amongst each other because what what we've got in a much smaller country is a massive culture around away games. So yeah. what what will happen is people will go to these away games. They'll get they'll, they'll get the train usually. Drink on the train. Probably do a load of cocaine on the train, I... and then you know, and then they turn <laughs> they turn up at a game wired. They sing a load of songs with all their buddies, and they're from different parts of the country. They're they're, they're most sort of tribal, and you know, this right. is, this is my gang. We don't like your gang, and it, it, can, it, it yeah, it can, there, there is an extreme level of it. Which was massive in the seventies and eighties, and and began to die down in the nineties. Really, the football was like a no-go zone in the seventies and the eighties, eighties particularly, and it was just it was just for working class men. I got you. What happened, I think, with the advent of CCTV and and more effective policing, so that what they'd do is they'd make sure that the, the fans were kept separate. And what we've moved to in this country, I think, policing wise is less of a prevention, and more of a catching people after they do it. So if these guys want to fight, they let them fight, and then the police have them on video, they track them down, and they arrest them afterwards. Right. Um, well,
1: probably too. Look, let's face it, now it's more commercial. There's a shitload more money in it, so that's what would drive that. The guys who own these things, the cities that... So if, if they want the person who's going to spend the money on the merchandise the food the beer the experience the season tickets you're not going to attract that person if they're worried about getting beaten up or attacked
0: no some people hark back to those days there's a lot of people that really would like it to go back to the 70s and 80s where it was just the guys just working class men having a drink maybe having a fight but like no harm was done i mean people right. people did get seriously hurt but you know that would be a no, of a course of they
1: did yeah
0: but equally, you know, those guys are a bit older now and maybe see the value of being able to bring their wives and children along to the football and have a good time. I I think there's a lot of resentment to the the middle class and the upper class coming into the sport. And, you know, there's a lot of corporate hospitality and people spending a hell of a lot of money. The footballers really are, when I first started watching it, they were people that you could relate to, people who'd go out and have a beer and have a laugh and they had amazing stories, real characters, um, men's men. And the new football players, they're professionals. They never drink. They take life very seriously. And they're a bit soft as well. Mm. They're more skillful. The, the, product, the product's generally quite different. And actually, I can draw some parallels with the boxing because you see yeah. people, someone like Anthony Joshua filling out these gigantic sta- stadiums. He's bringing right. in a lot of fans into the, into boxing who aren't your traditional boxing fans. Again, they would be your working class guys. Right. And there's kind of some resentment for that. So some some of the boxing purists, uh, uh, and I wouldn't include Andy Watts in this, but they don't like Joshua that much because of the people, you know, because of his worldwide appeal. That's interesting. Appeal. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's odd. <laughs> but I get it. I get it.
0: But you yeah. want to be, I, I guess if you're a boxing expert, you want to be the guy that's picking... Someone that no one's ever heard of, and then they go on to have like a big win or something like that. You know, that's that's the that's the kind of knowledge you want to have. Anyone right. can say I'm I'm a big Joshua fan and just follow him to these right. gigantic fights. But you want to right. someone like at your level, yeah. you you'd follow someone all the way up through the amateurs. You know, I uh, know I don't. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, So like speaking of, that, it's enough, but, so last night a couple of things. Well, I'll just recap some of the stuff we're going to. Uh, the Golden Gloves, which is an international tournament eventually, but it starts locally, then it goes to regionally, then it goes nationally, then it goes internationally, and that's controlled by IEBA, which oversees all of boxing, oversees USA boxing. So that just started this week. For some reason, they pushed it back. So we had, and this is a problem today, we had initially, we have six fighters in the the Golden Gloves. For any gym, having six fighters competing at the same time is, is a lot to go on. So we have, so I have six fighters competing in the Golden Gloves. I have four MMA fighters fighting in four weeks. So there's ten fighters I have fighting all at the same time. That's, right. a, huge, that's a huge juggling act. It's hard enough controlling one guy. Only on top of that, I have two world world champions I train, and, of course, uh, Scrap. And that's a whole other – so there's there's a lot of stuff going on as we grow, grow this business. So anyway, so we go to the Golden Gloves. Uh, one of our guys rolled his ankle, wasn't able to fight. One of my fighter's opponents didn't show up, which is extraordinary. You ever hear of this? This happens all the time in boxing where you'll go drive. We drove you know, 60, 70 miles uh, to the location, uh, an hour and a half of driving on, on, uh, on the highway, and uh, or the opponent doesn't show up. I, I don't know why there's no rim. There, there's nothing that the kid gets penalized for. But so we had two fighters compete. Long and short of it is, one of my guys, Lee, he lost. He just just didn't come. Uh, he the guy just was a little bit better, or at least that night. I think if they'd have fought again in five minutes, that might have changed. And then the picture you may have seen on Facebook was Samaj, and Samaj had his uh, a victory. He's a heavyweight, and it, it was it was a good battle. Real naturally talented guy but not super disciplined, <laughs> does his own thing. So, And so next week we have three, probably three or four more guys fighting. It goes on this way for about two months. So every Saturday night for the next two months, except for March 9th, which I'll be uh, Don King at my MMA event, I'll be somewhere throughout the tri-state area, New York, daily jersey kind of covers all over the part of the state for, uh, running my fighters. or something. It's a lot of work. I got home yeah. last night last night at like two o'clock in the morning and when you get older that's like you've been drinking for days <laughs> i was you know because i was up at the gym at five and then i got home at two in the morning and i had to go back to the gym early this morning Ooh, a lot of work going on and now after all that then i speak to you and now we're on the radio so my day never ends
0: how do you give them like the attention that they need Jim? when you you, you know you've got to spread your time about. have you got a team behind right. you or i have a team of
1: coaches who are excellent Ron Harris and KC and Terrell and Dave and stuff. But as far as boxing goes, real good guys, guys I trust. I try to let guys do what they do best, you know, let them do the things. I am, I oversee everything. I look at everything. I take fighters to the side. I work on things. We have discussions. It's not a science. It's almost like a work of art, how we go about it. It's not like, okay, Tom, you work this, you do this. It's, I, I saw this. Uh, let me work on this. We had one guy having an issue with some of this kid, fighter, Max. I took him to the side. and was working some old school, uh, like Mike Tyson stuff with him, which works very well for me for him, but might not work for another fighter. And, and uh, he was able to produce on that in a fight. So we all see different things. We bring it together. Sometimes there is a little conflict. I mean, even last night at the fight, one of the coaches kind of bumped heads with another a disagreement on approaching something, which is fine. You're allowed to have that. It's interesting because even in that world, there's a lot of egos. It's weird. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like the principal, you know, the They and they're like, well, he said this and he's, you know, that kind of thing. So I approach it this way. I said, guys, we can disagree, you know, we can have different points of view on how you want to train the fighters. But what I cannot have is I cannot have that argument in front of the fighters. Um, It's kind of like the mob, you know, or whatever. You just talk. It's family stuff. You talk about it behind closed doors and stuff like that. Because what happens, I believe, is that if the the fighters start to see coaches arguing and disagreeing in front of them, that they might get the feeling that they're not all on the same page.
0: Does that that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I I think you've got to go down to, like, one voice when it's, say, the time of a fight. Right, right. That was
1: one of the issues. There was a couple of the coaches kind of all saying, and sometimes, you know, by the way, you could say double, you know, double your jab, and I could say throw the right and come back with the hook. Now we both could be right in that perfect circumstances, but now you're that fighter in the corner getting two different directions on how to do something, and it can be confusing. I'm a big fan of that. When I work a corner, is that I keep it very simple. Tom, keep your hands up. All right, just keep working that jab when he drops his right you know, throw your left hook, something like that, right? That's about as complicated as I ever get. Uh, When I'm in in the locker room getting the guys warmed up, I see a lot of coaches teaching brand new material to these guys. Like, okay, now we're going to work on this. Or, Or that they're berating their fighter, like, no, 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 keep your hands up, don't do that. Almost a whole martial art lesson before you have to go out, or boxing lesson, pardon me, before you have to go out and compete. I don't do that. I just want you, Tom, I want you to throw some jabs. I want you to throw some crosses. I want you to warm up. I don't want to give you any surprises. I don't want to get you out of your head. I want to keep it simple, direct. Yeah. Okay, here's a knee. Here's a here's a round kick. That's about it. Okay, ready to go? Good. Let's go. That's it. Simple, not hard. I see guys back there working pads, killing their fighter. Like the, again, like this, went through a 30-minute conditioning workout before they get in the ring. And the funny thing, too, is when behind the scenes, you'll and if you are fortunate enough to visit the U.S. to one of my MMA events, and just sit back and be an observer, everybody's an expert. Everyone's got an opinion on everything. So you just sit back and take it in and listen to everyone's nonsense. You know? But anyway, it, it's kind of an interesting thing to kind of watch because I get to see it on all different ends, from not only owning a gym but being a promoter and then you know, being a coach. So I, I got all, all the dynamics of it, I think.
0: What does it mean for you, for these guys to win to you? Is it important? Is it, is it vital?
1: Uh, that's funny you say that. Wow, you're so, you're so intuitive. So we were driving, I was driving Coach Terrell home last night, and we were having that discussion. He was talking about whatever he was talking about. And, and then he, he goes, you know, so how do you feel about these guys winning or and whatever? And I, I said, I, I could care less. <laughs> no, that sounds funny right now i don't mean i could care i want them to be successful but most of these people that i train aren't going to go anywhere in that sport they do it for a while they have a nice little amateur career or not they have one and done a couple of years. really it's I, I gotta tell you a lot of these kids about changing lives and having a positive influence on them if they had a good time and they're better whatever i am happy with that i, I, I it does it, it makes no difference to me to be brutally honest, if you win or lose. it's. It, but I hope that it doesn't come across as I don't care. I do care. I want you to win. That's why I'm in the gym with you all the time, working with you, you know? Yeah. But that's not necessarily the end-all and be-all of what we're doing. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I agree. No, it's a, there's, a bigger, there's a bigger picture at hand. The, re- the reason I ask is because, from a financial standpoint, your gym the 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 guys that are going for professional fights or, right. or a, sorry amateur level fights probably there's no real money in in it particularly they they sp- they spend spend a lot of time at your gym they probably eat up right. a, lot of, a lot of your time coaching them yeah. uh, towards these meaningful events obviously if you get a lot of people who are successful uh, it will grow popularity of your gym and that and that that you know i think some gyms would be it would be very important to them to have a lot of medals on the wall um, right. or trophies in the gym i said it's, it's interesting in that dynamic. it is
1: and we do a good job of it and we actually have you know several state champions national champs stuff like that so it's all excellent but I, i've somehow removed my ego from that it doesn't matter to me personally yeah I just want to do my best job for these guys. That's it. And give the same attention to that guy or girl who is, you know, just learning and they should, they deserve the same expertise and care as my professional athletes, giving them knowledge and things to do and advice and so on and so forth. That's how I approach it. And by the way, when you approach it that way, it all works out really better in the end. I think instead of being my whole existence, depending on whether Tom McGrath wins his fight. Yeah. That's pretty shallow, <laughs> you know. You know, if I'm only if Tom loses, well, and it, it, by the way, that is an interesting thing because I have seen coaches. Fucking, it's amazing. So, I my fighter Tom McGrath goes in the ring and he wins. Well, now I talk well. See, I see how he knocked him out. I taught Tom that. See, Tom would be nothing without me, right? Now, Tom McGrath goes in and gets his ass kicked fucking Tom, don't listen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I swear yeah. to God.
1: That is the conversation that goes on Yeah. every fucking fight. Tom, why the fuck didn't you keep your hands up? You know, you know your nose is in your ear, and I'm yelling at you. You know, and the other guys, yep, yeah, see, I told him what to do. I told him what to do. That's why he's a champion. It's so funny. It's all ego. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what, it's funny.
0: Changing the subject, I wanted to know how your uh, John Berardi Precision Nutrition adventures going, a couple of months in now, maybe. Right,
1: right. well, uh, yeah, whatever, like two months, I guess. So the interesting thing is, it's really all about habits right now. It's excellent. There's a ton of information. I do struggle with uh, recording everything every day, and that's on me. It's about making the priority for myself, you know, making that important. I literally go 18 hours a day working every yeah. day, seven days yeah. a week. Not taking that hour to spend to kind of record that and do that can be difficult. So I do struggle with that. And, it, as far as the nutrition aspect, it was just habits and you know how to eat, you know control, control, how to control your hunger, stuff like that. They haven't even gone into exactly what you should eat yet because if you remember when John was on the he's not in favor of any one particular diet or thought process. There's a million ways to eat healthy and to get in shape and to lose weight. We have to find out what works for you. Probably the toughest thing that works for me is eating consistently. Like I go long periods of time without eating, which is shocking because I'm a big guy. But me not eating in a day or a day and a half is not unusual. Because I've actually had these questions. How do you address hunger? And I go, I don't have time. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the coach is giving you know, gives you feedback. Well, and I'm being, I'm not trying to be a wise ass. I don't even think about it. I don't think about that. I'm hungry because uh, I'm always on the go. Of course, there might be other issues with that, but but I'm doing my best, and it is a work in, pro- in progress, no doubt. I do. And, and interestingly, when we had Jamie Hope on the other week, uh, who wrote habit that you know those little things consistently done over periods of time is what you need to do. As a matter of fact, I wrote up a workout for someone today, a simple bodyweight workout that takes 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So push-ups, set ups squats, that kind of thing. And I said, I just want you to do it five times this week. Originally, I wanted three, and I said, can I do five? And I said, sure. But I just want you to make sure you do it. Don't yeah. change it. Don't add to it. Don't take away to it. Well, that is essentially what Berardi's talking about, or Jamie Hope's talking about, is just that consistency over intensity over will make those changes. And uh, we expect too much too fast, you know, as we've talked about. Do everything right now because I'm an all or nothing guy. And I'm learning to pace myself that way, but waiting for that shit to happen is a pain in the <laughs> pain in the ass too, you know.
0: Are you tracking the results? Are they you know have you like dropped some weight or is it I mean that might not necessarily be what you're looking for anyway? but
1: uh, I haven't weighed myself in a month, so I have no idea where I'm at. My pants are loose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I imagine I've probably dropped some a few pounds, but I haven't weighed myself I, I, that hasn't they do have a way of tracking it, but really my focus is that consistency with some of these other things. My workout ethic there's no issue with whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 none.
0: What is you know? your training regime looking like at the moment?
1: Uh, it's all, uh, well,
0: high level it,
1: today. I rolled for two hours. I did two hours of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and catch wrestling or hybrid, whatever you mean, I wrestled. Yeah. That's all I did today. Tomorrow morning. I'm going to be in there at, I'll get up at three i I'll be there at four. I'm going to do an hour of uh, conditioning, shadow boxing, yoga kind of thing. Then I have a client. I might spar with him at five in the morning. He's getting ready for a fight, you know, a couple of months. So I might do a couple of rounds with him. And then there's a couple of clients at that. I'm, I'm not going to do nothing which like, uh, um, later on that day, I'll probably spar again and I might throw in an, uh, another conditioning set. So it could be like four hours of training throughout the day now, but I have to get it where I can get it, yeah. you know? I, I like the solo command and mastery stuff all by myself where I shadow box, I do knife, I do stick. I don't always have someone to play with. When I do, it's great. But I often have, to okay, here's an hour. And I go, well, gee, do I, you know, do business like this way or do I just go ahead and work out,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: And uh, so that, it depends on what's calling me that day. There are days I'll spar 30 rounds, you know, whatever, no matter
0: who are your main like training buddies like because it was great we had kevin beal on the week on on the other week and and maybe i didn't know quite how close you guys were right uh, but it sounded pretty cool you guys hanging out back in the day and obviously i've had you know i've hung out with you guys as well but um, there were some great stories there but you know who's who's the new kevin is there
1: there's not because of my and my lifestyle. <laughs> the sad thing about my life, Tom, is you're probably the closest one to me. <laughs> and you, and I keep it that way. You're in the fucking UK. You, you just can't stop by. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Stop
1: by for a cup of tea, Tom. What are you doing here? <sighs> That's so funny. No, because I just I'm just going. I, and so I don't really have a workout. Like I'll work out with Terrence who's a world champion boxer. I'll spar him, shadow with him do pads with him, do condition. I do that with Steven, but all depends on the day. I have so many things going on some day. So it's, it's a, I can't, it's, I still battle today. I'm trying to put on my calendar. Okay. I want to put in. I'm going to work out at this time to that time. And that world doesn't exist for me right now. So I just kind of got to get now. Sometimes I'll, I'll get guys on a Sunday morning. I roll like that. That was a training session with uh, Chuck and Greg today. And then uh, sometimes I'll bring in some of my students on Sunday morning and Pretty much. I'm teaching them, but uh, I'm training. So I get a couple hours doing combatives or stick or JKD. And I do a little bit in class just to do a few things. But it's very difficult because the way the system's set up, I can't just work out like I used to back in the day because it's an actual big facility. Did you see that clip of the video, the thing I put around the gym the other day? When I walked around the gym with the people moving around,
0: yeah, 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 that's that, Yeah,
1: there's a lot of shit going on there, and that that's wasn't right. even a busy night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether that was staged because like everyone was doing a bit Complete, of something
1: completely unstaged. Oh, that's good. I, I, I swear to God, so I, I, I and I even met, like I had 12 guys on the mat wrestling, and I just grabbed my camera and I just started filming, and I just literally walked around the place or, or part of the place. Yeah. That was what, exactly what was going on. There was zero editing, zero anything. Because there
0: normally there's like a, you know a group of people standing at the side doing fuck all, having a chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not at your so place. We,
1: so we, we were keeping them busy. We had the little you know a lot of the kids doing push-ups and conditions. Some of the guys in the ring are shadow shadowboxing, getting ready. One of the guys on the bag, and then there was some, uh, the boy tie had already finished. So there was a couple guys still kicking to the side earlier that night. I had six MMA fighters there working in the cage. So I really should have filmed it at different times and put it together like it was one slip, but I did it. I just grabbed it, filmed it, and literally within a second, it was on Instagram and on Facebook. So, But that's what goes on at Tim. It's kind of a cool atmosphere.
0: You yeah, know? right. Keeps you energized, right?
1: Yeah, nights like that, true. There are other nights you're like, where the hell did everybody go? We're going to close up the business. <laughs> We're going out. No one's here.
0: That happens, you know? Hey, what can, you know? Yeah, and there's certain times of the year as well that will be accentuated. January's always going to be pretty popular. December's always going to be dead, right? Right, 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 right.
1: So now, you, are you, how are you getting your training? Are you always, aren't you teaching more now? So isn't this affecting your training?
0: I'm not teaching that much. Oh, I thought you- People ask me a lot about when are you setting up your own thing and I've just I've just had a lot of other a lot of things going on that haven't given me the time to commit a, say a day a week I mean my my month kind of looks like I, I do a, a weekend of rapid harness every month which is the Great. five-year program that I'm on that right. finishes in at the end of May all being well right. um, and in, ter- in terms of my week I do these British military fitness classes in theory they're Monday Wednesday and friday i've never made it to a wednesday one the monday night i'm trying to do rapid honest but um i either do jkd or end up working late in in truth tuesday i'll train with the army uh, building towards hopefully joining the reserves wednesday i'll play football or maybe lift a bit of weights thursday i'll do jkd or sometimes end up working late I, i have missed that friday i'll play football friday night but normally i would do something social on a friday And then, you know, the weekend's a mixed bag of things. If I'm in London not doing anything, which is quite rare, then at least one of those days I'll go and do like a heavy heavy weightlifting session for like a couple of hours. That's my whole week, really. I need to start doing some running and I need to start doing little bits of working out in front of the TV. You know, like... Press ups and pull ups and that kind of thing, which which has really worked well for me in the past. I just right. haven't got in the habit of doing it. So that, that that that's kind of high level my training. There's a lot of stuff in there, you know, if I do it all. But I do I do skip sessions or often often because of work commitments.
1: So are you seriously considering doing your own thing?
0: Well, what we talked about with Lack is doing it under his banner. I think that's a logical thing. What what L- L- Lack's skill set? I agree. Lack's great with the marketing. He he's got an established school, a good name. I think you know together collectively we can build upon that and do and and do more stuff. The 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 one concern there has always been having enough me in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, being able to have the influence that I want to have. Lack has strong views. Say for example on the uh, martial mind power stuff, which is his big. Right. Big thing. It's not it's not necessarily mine. That's not to say that I don't I I I one hundred percent support him in doing it. It's just not my my mission. My my right. Um I I'm much more I guess focused pure, probably purely on the fighting side of things or, or, or majority on that side of things. Um so yeah, that that is something I want to do and it will probably happen at some stage.
1: What so there's an interesting question, right? You know, we do all this Go stuff. On. What's so stopping what? you? What it, now? What is your why? Why do you really want to do that?
0: Do you uh, do you know what I mean? Like, what you ever hear that expression? What is your why? I, I paid a fair bit of money once for a session with a, a kind of property mentor guy, and we was talking about the why. And I said, "Well, my why in in that context was to be financially free, so I could spend more time with loved ones, make more of a difference, all that kind of thing." And he said, "That's not <laughs> that's not that's Bob not your." That. Uh, no he said that's not your why he was like that that's, that that's uh right. that's a that's an outcome but that's not a reason for doing things and I, right. I, I ended up getting quite annoyed in this conversation with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck you' uh, I've you stormed out give me my money back it's a good question i think some people get a very easy why which is you know I'm doing it for my wife and my kids or something like that his why i think was like to prove people wrong he felt he you know when he was in school people had one teacher in particular told him he'd never amount to anything and um, he wanted to prove that person wrong. I don't know I, I find it difficult to articulate why I've put so much into martial arts for all these years in terms of a why. I want to be good at it something clearly appeals to me a lot you know I like helping people in terms of teaching and sharing the knowledge that I've got from martial arts if there was some sort of violent thing going on with right. a bad dude I would want to be able to have the, the skills to end that and I'd want other people to have those skills as well I've got that now you know I, m- most people I'd be okay against you know I'd, 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 I'd win a fight against so I don't know I'm not being very articulate am I
1: no no you are and here's the question because that is a very tough Question to answer,
0: and and, because
1: it takes real introspection and and really looking down, deep down in your soul. And the reason they ask you that question is so you can dig from the deepest parts of that, so you can pull the power within yourself to make that happen. Agreed. Right, and and so just saying, well, I just want to lose weight, so girls or guys are attracted to me, so I can meet the man or woman of my dreams. But those are that's still superficial.
0: People will will often be able to do stuff if it's for someone else. So if you're like, I want to lose weight because I can't picture, you know, say if you're, you're a mother or a father, I can't picture my kids. If, if you get like a warning of, you know, you're going to die young from a heart attack, right. I can't picture right. my kids having to go through that. That's quite a clear, strong why. I was listening to some Jordan Peterson stuff, actually, and he was talking about how men don't value themselves. And he said, w- one interesting thing, was that so often when people take medicine, they don't follow the prescription. So if it's like three wow. times a day after meals, which it should be very easy to do, so many times <laughs> that is not followed. It's something like 50% of, of people do not follow the prescription and do not look after themselves in that way. However, it's something like it's up towards the 100% mark when it comes to people giving medicine to their dog. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. Very true. I bet that's
0: true. People do not value themselves, particularly often men, uh, of being like worthy and worthwhile. And yeah, can't remember where I was going with that point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah.
0: Well, it's good thing we're a good advice show here, yeah. Yeah, that's
1: that's funny, what, but it's what, true. Anyway, what's I, your I, what's your why? Why do what?
0: I don't. Yeah, good question. Um, all right. <laughs> You've become full-time martial arts, right. and your move has gone more towards helping people than trying to make the most effective and profitable business.
1: No, I think I want to be the most effective, profitable business. I'm just a failure at it. <laughs> I want to make it that way. Now, of course you want to make it money, and, I, and I, I work very hard to make the business as profitable as can be. I you know I was in a I was miserable in the corporate I told you so I was miserable in the corporate world I've always done martial arts I was pretty good at it I'm pretty good at it you know I'm a good communicator and I thought I had some skills that would be kind of useful and I enjoy teaching and helping people it brings me joy and happiness in my soul so when you take somebody and you've actually changed their life at some level it matters you know you yeah. make a, a difference in the world one person at a time I I don't have the power, the wherewithal to change the whole world in one swoop of my magic wand, but I can change an individual's life. How? By just smiling at him, by saying hello, by telling, whatever. I'm going to give you an example. There was a girl, she'll remain nameless, but she had trained with me. She was a girl that was always, for most of her life, overweight and always struggled with weight. She's a very talented artist. She's a singer. And runs a very successful Anyway, so uh, she had come to me and trained with me for a while. She trained with other trainers and we really hit it off and had a good connection. Yeah. Recently, she said something and put it out there that because I was the first person in her life, this is a fat girl, right? Essentially, all right, meaning she's been a fat girl her whole life and now she has slimmed down, right? But she posted that I was the first person to ever call her an athlete, and that changed her life. Yeah. Because she goes, no one's ever called me. I remember that moment, like it happened five seconds ago. I remembered saying, you know, you are a goddamn good athlete. And no one ever called her that. She was always the fat girl.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Picked last for the football team, picked last for dodgeball, whatever it, you know, whatever it was in the school, left out, not a part up. And the fat, and I didn't, by the way, I wasn't trying to change anything. This came from my heart because I believe she was. And I said that to her and it changed, it helped. I shouldn't say the whole thing. Helped to change her mindset about herself. That one little thing. Isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah. We all want to identify as being something. And she identified as being the fat girl. Right, <laughs> and and then she was like, "No, actually, I'm I, I'm an athlete," and I think I think that's really that really is important, you know, how you see yourself and then living up to that, you know, right. once she once she was an athlete, well, she's got to behave, live and behave like an athlete, and if it, it, I think that's quite probably an important thing for you know, a martial arts or anything that you do, if you just say like, oh, "I'm oh, I just you know I'll just go to mar- martial arts as my hobby or whatever," or if you say I am a martial artist. Right. I'm a fighter. It's a different mindset, and you know, I just go and train a couple of times a week, and it's some, it's something I do.
1: Absolutely. But anyway, so that that's one of the things that I love helping people like that in whatever way, whatever talent that I have to do that, and of course, you know, training athletes and stuff, and you change their lives too, at some whatever level. Um, people, people, you know, I I really see, and it's not anything that's what I'm doing, but I see that change on every level of athlete from little kid who was never a part of, same thing to, you know, that woman who's fearful of that. And all of a sudden just like, God, you know, I am a beast, you know? And that's a wonderful change to see to yeah. that. One guy I'm working with now, he has been like 250 pounds for a lot of years. You know, like he's young and uh, whatever his weight was. And now he finally broke 200 pounds. Yeah. That's a big change in your life. Like you couldn't break that window. been working with me now for Over many months, and we broke through that, you know? And you can see it's moving better. Confidence is better. That helps change people's lives, you know? Now, it's with their – they have to want to do it and stuff. And what's their why, you know, and stuff like that would go back. But anyway, that's probably the number one reason I do it. I can't say it's money. (laughs) I wish I could. (laughs) But it's kind of – and I think a lot of us, by the way, in martial arts do that. I don't do it because I want you to think I'm the baddest, most knowledgeable martial artist in the world. I could give a fuck about that.
0: If someone comes to you and they're like, oh, I want to I get below 200 pounds, as an example. I've tried everything. That's what they'll say to you normally. Right. How do you identify their why? And uh, I mean, it was in that habit, that book, wasn't it? And, and I think she, right. she probably talked about it. But how would you get to that? Right. I actually don't right. know the answer because I haven't read that book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you ask them those questions. Why are we doing this? And, you get, and that, by the way, often is a conversation that takes pl- place over a period of time. To sit down and say, Tom, tell me why, that is uh, putting a lot of pressure on you. We'll probably set you up for failure. Yeah. So I believe it's part of a conversation. Why are we doing this? Why are we getting that? And things will come about. And through that conversation that I have with the clients, you know, the regular guy or girl that are there, you know, then all of a sudden it comes out. You get to learn more about them. It's a process. That's why they call it personal training. If you're a good personal trainer, you got to have good interpersonal skills, and you got to be a real genuine person. You got to be able to talk to people on a on their level, you know, and, and help them achieve whatever it might be. Uh, so that, that's essentially how that goes when I when I deal with people. That I just trained to, like I'm working with this other person who's a t- I have to be vague about how I say this. They're a top scientist, a top one of the top in the world. Yeah. And had insecurities and frailties in in life. I've been working with this individual. They were somewhere on the planet. And someone kind of broke into their room. And they stood up (laughs) and got in a kung fu stance and said, what the fuck are you doing here? I'll kick your (laughs) ass. The people ran the hell out of the door, right? And they were thrilled. Like, they couldn't believe that this beast was in them. Yeah. I was a part of helping build that beast and they couldn't wait to tell me like i can't they said i would i didn't know what to do Like if they had came at me they'd have probably killed me but in that moment in time you know they put on their cape and they were a superhero now where did that come right is that kind of fun isn't
0: it i think this is why lack does it and i think lacks buzz if you will is making a difference to these people's lives in in, in our group right this is where my fear would be is like, you know, if it's always his group, will I ever get that buzz?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I, I don't know. I, I would have obviously my own, I guess, side group. But it's, it, it's uh, you know, one of the problems in martial arts is everyone just goes off and does their own thing and you have a million islands, you know, rather than one nation.
1: Right. It's true. And, and doing your own thing, we're all over the place But it's a big deal. Uh, It's a big commitment, a lot of disappointment, more disappointment probably than successes, at least initially. You know, uh, you certainly have the skill set to do it, not only talent-wise, but all the other intangibles that are part of it. And it's a big undertaking. That's why I ask, because it is a big deal. I think a lot of guys go, yeah, I want to open a school and I'll be super successful because I know so much kung fu and karate that everyone will stand in line to join me and that is anything but the truth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on every level and it's and it just to be have something your own because you believe that you have a gift to give people at whatever level it might be and uh i think that's that's interesting because it's just not an easy thing to
0: do i see how much lack puts into it and that's running three classes a week you know and, and and some and some other events as well but you, with you it's a you know you it's ev- all day every day seven days a week yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i know do, do, you ever,
0: do you ever, like, think, I'd like a day off here, or has that never crossed your mind? Um,
1: it did, but then uh, then I got interrupted. I had to do some work.
0: <laughs> now,
1: <laughs> I, I think once in a while, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, and I hear, you know, Bob Bremmer, and, and I mean, you know me very well, yours, uh, you know, but anymore, I just like doing nothing when I have... I've been invited to do things, and I like to do nothing. it's different when I go out and I see my friends at events and stuff like that. But I've become more of an introvert uh, in my downtime. Very little, so it's much much more. I don't want to waste my time. It's much more pressure. But I do enjoy this, and and I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions. And I hope to God that it will be the success that I believe it deserves to be. Certainly not through a lack of effort. (laughs) You know, I can tell you that. But it's an interesting thing. You know, there's a good argument that does that take away from yourself? Like knowing yourself, you do all this because you're afraid of who, getting to know who you really are. And you know what I say to those people? Fuck you! (laughs) 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 So anyway, that was just a funny thought I had. (laughs) I have a lot of funny thoughts. I think I'm my biggest fan, Tom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jim. I have realized we've actually been talking for quite some time but I, so I, I funny
1: we did not all our shit.
0: I had two two things that I wanted to ask you about today. Okay. We might not have time really for either of them. So what, first one was I was wondering whether you wanted to review during this show. Yeah. The Fall from Grace or is that a yeah, bit no, of we a...
1: Yeah, no, let's I think it that would take hours. Okay. From, but I can touch on it. Want me to touch on it for five?
0: Uh Maybe we should do the whole thing. All right, so let's do a precursor to another right. show that we'll do about. Right.
1: Because it. The, the whole I, thing. Right. I believe it's a lot deeper thing. So what? About a year ago, top line, you know, I had a fall from grace, as they say. I fell short of the glory of God. My life, <laughs> uh, you know, fell off for a whole whole host of reasons. And there's a whole show on it. I don't know what the number is,
0: but it's out there. It's it was, twenty.
1: Oh, show twenty. Thank you. I'm yeah. glad you remembered that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so it's been a year. Now, I have, I guess at all parts, done a million and one things to get my life back together. And it is a constant battle every single day to uh, to do what I need to do. Uh, you still have all those doubts, those insecurities, the desire to just disappear, to, to do all that. That is very much alive at some level. It's more controlled in a box somewhere like that. And I have to make sure I do the things necessary on a daily basis so that I don't go back to that because I don't think if that ever goes away from you, I think it, it might be there somewhere in some closet in your soul, you know, waiting for that dark day for that door to creep open. And then for you to open that door and go inside, you know? So I, I do, I do what's necessary to do that. And there are days that look, I'll I'll wake up and it happens, man. I'll get up and, you know, (laughs) I'll get up before the crack of dawn. Dawn's not even up. (laughs) It's a, it's so early. <laughs> it's so early, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, there's this wave of negative thoughts. You know, like, oh my God, you have these 10 million things you got to do today, right? What are you gonna do? Your life sucks. You suck. The gym sucks. The promo- whatever, You know, whatever. The radio show sucks. But <laughs> you know, whatever of it, interesting. And that thought presses on. All- and now, what I do is I just dismiss that thought relatively quickly, and I've learned how to do that. Meaning yeah. I don't have to own that. I don't have to buy into that chaos. You know, being a watcher of your thoughts as we've talked about with a lack and other guests throughout the year on self-help and stuff like that. But that's a battle. You can't just assume because you read a book or you took a course or because you went to see a shrink or take a pill that it's going to get better. That's bullshit. It's like working out. I got to work out on that every day. Wow, how's that for a precursor?
0: Coming soon. Theater. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Ramblings madman. <laughs> I think it's important we do do that show soon. Soon, before before you die. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an important message for everyone, and I think you know it's it's uh it's the deep stuff that's like it's the funny stuff and the deep stuff, which is what makes us entertaining.
1: Right, right. It's all about the ratings, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's been a great show and we didn't get to anything now, tom you had like 35 questions to ask like how to get in someone's pants or something like that and uh <laughs>
0: yeah <that's, laughs> we're gonna save that for another show that was, that, that, that's uh, that's gonna be really entertaining that'd I be think. great
1: it was a great show though and i don't even know what the fuck we talked about we started with football and it went all over the place but that's the beauty of primary listen guys you can hear all of our shows we got 60 episodes now you know we just had the boxing update with doc watson Great show. Nick Portella will be on in a couple weeks again. And we have, look, go back and visit the old shows with Nick Hughes. And John Fusco, I want to give a shout-out to John because his release of The Highwayman is coming out in March with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, who's the other dude? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and so I, I reposted that because, look, you know, John's a good guy. He's really smart, super talented. And uh, so we got a lot of good things coming up. Anyway, good. Hey, I want to promote last thing, guys, our, the MMA event coming up. Find us some promo promotions. Anyone wants to fight? I know the show, listen to it in years to come, so it won't matter. But all right, man, I'm good. You have anything you want to say, Tom? No. All right. <laughs> no. Another
0: awesome show. Peace out.